This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Psalm 31. Just going to read, uh, well, even just part of a verse, verse 15. Psalm 31. My times are in your hand. Just that. My times are in your hand. One of the biggest concerns that we as human beings have is about our future. We either wonder or worry or both about our future. A level students wonder and worry about their exam results. What will it mean for my future prospects? As you grow old, you begin to wonder about your remaining years. How will I manage? If I'm left on my own, will I be able to cope with that? People wonder and they worry about what they see in the news every day. Well, the economic situation, what will that mean uh, to my future? Uh, Will it mean that my pension will be reduced or my savings will be slashed, if we have any? Or uh, how is it going to pan out financially for me in my older years? Oh, somebody's protesting (laughs) wildly in there this morning. (laughs) Of course, many wonder about the next life. Some wonder, is there a next life? And if there is a next life, what will it be like? What will it be like for me? Millions of people the world over read horoscopes and tarot cards. They go to seances. Why do they do that? Because they're wondering and they're worrying about their future. What about you today, believer in Christ? Are you wondering or worrying or fretting about your future? Are you hopeful? Are you confident? Do you believe that God has control? Or are you fearful? And are you anxious? Are you worried? Are you stressed about your future? Or are you saying, I may not know who holds, may not know what my future holds, but I know who holds my future? If you're able to say, I know who holds my future, it will take much of the stress and the worry and anxiety away from you because it is God who truly holds your future. My times are in your hand. My times are in your hand. God is the ultimate forward planner. He is the epitome of forward thinking. Most of us think one day at a time, don't we? And that's no bad thing, actually, because Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. So it's no bad thing. He said, do not worry about tomorrow. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And so that's okay. Some of you, though, 
may think, well, then you shouldn't make plants because we don't know what's out there. Wrong. We can and we should make some plans. Some of you actually have plans already made for the summer holidays, even though this is only the spring. And that's okay. That's fine. That may get you the best deal going, so that's good. Some of you are maybe thinking a little bit further ahead, and you're thinking about retirement. What am I going to do when I retire? What hobby am I going to take up? <laughs> what jobs will my wife have lined up for me, Trevor? <laughs> I wonder if some of you thought about a will. Have you thought that far into your future? Well, God has made plans for your future. In fact, God's plans for your future go beyond time and into eternity. In Psalm 139, because God is the ultimate forward planner, isn't he? Verse 13, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more the number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. God has got plans for you. In fact, God planned for you long before you ever came into existence. And God's plans for you will continue even after you're dead and gone from this earth. God has made eternal plans for your life. So that's why we should be encouraged and never be afraid to put ourselves in God's hands. God's plans are better than we can imagine. There are countless and millions of people who feel they have no future they don't see any light at the end of their particular tunnel. They look ahead and they wonder and they worry. There doesn't seem to be anything to live for, let alone to die for. No plan, no purpose, no point. There are others who maybe are not as hopeless as that, but yet they feel that their lives is really not amounting to much. There's no seemingly fulfillment in their lives, having no sense of value or feeling that they're making some contribution to their world. But once you realize that you're in God's hands, once you realize that God has plans for you, then there's a reason, there's a purpose for living, there's a reason for our being. And that's what makes the difference. We have a destiny. We have a purpose. There's a reason for us to be. So therefore, you're neither accidental or incidental. 
You're not here by accident. You're not accidental. You're not incidental. There's a meaning and a purpose to your very existence. You were actually meant to be. You were born with purpose. Now, naturalists tell us continually about the ecosystems of this world. Watch any nature program, and it's sure to come up. How delicately, finely tuned the ecosystems on Earth and in the oceans are. That's why they're worried about the rainforests. If one link in the chain is lost in the rainforest, uh, maybe an animal is, gets wiped out and becomes extinct. Uh, that has a chain reaction in the ecosystem. They're worried about the Great Barrier Reef. Will it, will it disappear? Will it, is it always going to be there? Will it be destroyed? And they're continually talking about this ecosystem. And what they're saying is that every single thing in it has a purpose. I was watching a program recently, and it talked about fungi. And it said that underneath the soil, everywhere, including your garden, including the jungles of Africa and the rainforest, and everywhere, there's little, it's like little threads of fungi that's continually growing and growing. And they said that is absolutely essential to life on earth. And yet we don't even see it. Think of the bees. There's guys, a beekeeper. Think of the bees. They were worried about the bees is going to be wiped out. And if the bees is wiped out, how are we going to get pollination? Because everything is linked and chained together. So they continually tell us that everything has a purpose in life. There is nothing without purpose except the same people who tell us that tell us that we are without purpose. That we're accidental. That we're a cosmic fluke. They were just a, a random chance colliding of molecules that just so happened to somehow or other bring life into this earth. So we live and we die and we're buried and we're gone. And that's it. No purpose, no aim. And so that's what the atheists tell us today. And yet the same people are saying everything else is a purpose. Every, there's a reason for everything else except when it comes to us. But the truth is, we do have a purpose. Hallelujah. And there is a reason why we're here. Praise. They tell us that we're not supposed to think of some non-existent God who on purpose made us for a purpose. They said that's nonsense. But we know that's the truth. Yes. And we know that God Almighty himself has got a plan for each and every one of us. Every one of us is important to God. Every one of us is important to the church of Jesus Christ. Huh. Paul says we are the body of Christ, but we're members in particular. The hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. The ear can't say to the eye, I have no need of you. We're all interrelated. God made us the crown of his creation. Just a little lower than the angels. <laughs> Some it. Just a little lower than the angels. Animals die, they cease to exist, but you and I will live forever because we're made for time and for eternity. God has put eternity in our hearts. That's why we cannot stop thinking about it because that's what we're made for. This world is passing away. 
But God, Clifford quoted earlier, Abraham was looking for a, <laughs> a building whose maker was God. And God has got something eternal in the heavens for us, so he has. Paul says, in him we live and we move and we have our being. Hmm. That gives you purpose. That gives you hope. That gives you a future. In him we live and we move and we have our <coughs> being. Your best days are yet to come. I said again, your best days are yet to come. No matter how good days you have right now, there are nothing in comparison to the, what is to come. The best days are yet to come. Samus said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Hmm. Old Spurgeon, the great old preacher, said, goodness, that takes care of my steps. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Goodness, he said, that takes care of my steps. Mercy, that takes care of my stumbles. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then he says, the best is yet to come, the psalmist said. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord Hallelujah. forever. <laughs> Do you really believe truly that goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life? You see, if we truly believe that, we will worry less. In fact, if we truly believe that, we won't worry at all because we'll know that God's goodness and mercy is following us all the days of our life. Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, said, I've fought the good fight. I've run my race. I have kept the faith. Now there's someone who has fulfilled God's plan for their life in time. But what about eternity? He said, the best is yet to come. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but unto all who love his appearing. So God is looking out for us. He's made plans for us for this life, but beyond this life. So your very best day in this life will pale in comparison to the next life. How can we lose? Well, we've got that. So our best days are not behind us. Our best days are ahead of us. I can confidently say to any and every believer, your best days are ahead of you. But David, if you knew what I was go I'm going through right now, I say to you, your best days are still ahead of you. But David, if you knew the sickness that's attacking my body, your best days are still ahead of you. But David, if you knew the situation in my finances, your best days are still ahead of you. But David, if you knew the state my life's in right now, my world is crumbling around me, your best days are still ahead of you if you're a believer. Hallelujah. But you've got to believe that. 
you can trust God's daily care of your life. <coughs> God's unerring, guiding, directing, leading, pointing the way forward for you. Hmm. Not that I or anyone else can fully understand God's ways because they're past finding out. They're much easier experienced than explained. Isn't that so? Electricity and gravity is easy experience, but it's hard to explain. And sometimes the ways of God are hard to explain, but we experience them. And we have learned to trust Him even when we can't understand. We still trust Him. The longer you walk with Christ, the more you become aware of His purposes. The more you become aware of His overruling providences. <coughs> the more you become aware of His predetermined plans in your life. When you look back, you can see the hand of God every time. It's hard sometimes to look ahead and see that. Sometimes it's hard to see it in the present because your circumstances. But when you look back, then you can see the hand of God. So what does this do for us? What does it do to us? What confidence, what strength, what assurance, what comfort does this bring to us? It shows us that God has already, shows us that God already knows our future. There's a massive worldwide industry of people predicting the future. Every newspaper, every magazine. People predicting the future. Because we have an innate desire to want to know our future. If we knew our future, we think life would be so much easier. We could plan better. Huh. I'm not sure that we could. I think that's why God says, give us this day our daily bread. It's a daily daily walk. I often say if God showed you your future one year ahead and it was wonderful and it was brilliant, you couldn't live in the present. You couldn't wait to get there. Every day would drag till you get there. But if God showed you a year ahead and showed you some calamity that was going to befall you, you wouldn't want to live another day. You'd be dreading every single day. So God says just one day at a time, one step at a time. <laughs> Trust him. The world looks to astrologers, psychics, even presidents and kings and queens has had their prognosticators. We too as believers are sometimes anxious about our tomorrows. We want to know. Sometimes we look for a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. <coughs> when Pastor Paul James is here, you're lined up from wall to wall. And I know, and you know, and he knows that you're wanting a wee word. A wee word about tomorrow, or next week, or next month, or the next 10 years. Or this, that, or the other. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we need a word. Sometimes we need a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. That's fine. But what if God doesn't give it? Does that mean his plans are stopped for us? No. 
No, he providentially is working in our lives every single day. Whether he tells us or whether he doesn't is immaterial. If we trust him with our lives, then we don't always need to know. It would be nice to know, but we don't always need to know. Do you know that God works on a need-to-know basis? If you absolutely need to know, he'll let you know. But if you don't need to know, just trust him. Just trust him. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, not for evil, to give you hope and a future. I know the plans I have for you, as long as he knows the plans that he has for us. That's all is required for us to believe and to trust and to say, Lord, I put myself into your hands. I believe you. I believe your plan for me is good. It's not for evil. So give me a hope in the future so I will rest and trust in you. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He stepped out in faith, not knowing where he was going, looking for that sitter whose builder, city whose builder and maker was God. And he set out every day, trusting God every single day. Don't you find that's the way you have to live as a believer? It's not the way that it works. You get up every day and you say, today I'm going to trust you today. You get up tomorrow, I'm going to trust you tomorrow. (coughs) So every single day. And then no matter what comes your way, you know that God will be in control of your tomorrows. And he really is. It shows us that God plans our future. Deliberately, consciously, actively, God right now is building a future for your life. God has got a big diary. I've kept a diary for umpteen years. I have dozens of them. It's more an appointment rather than a history of my life. It's more an appointments that I've got to keep, that I've kept. But God has got a big celestial diary. And there's names in it your name's in it, my name's in it and there's dates in it and there's years and there's months and there's days and there's hours and if we keep walking with him every day someday could be today, could be tomorrow someday our name will be on that date at that hour, at that time his appointment will be kept certainly was no accident that Ruth came home with Naomi. It's no accident that Esther was queen during that period of captivity. It's no accident that Joseph was sold into slavery. It's no accident that Hannah and Rebecca and Sarah were all barren until their due season. God closed their wombs until the due season because he had purpose and design in doing so. It's no accident that Elizabeth had John the Baptist late in life because he was to be the forerunner of Christ. And God kept her waiting a long, 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 long time as he did with Sarah. 
But in time, in God's appointed time, then the due season came. My times are in your hand. It shows us that God is in control. I say that because it doesn't always feel like it. Certainly there's been times in my life in the past when it certainly did not seem as if God was in control. Everything seemed out of control. It was out of my control. <laughs> but it wasn't out of his control. And don't you find if something's out of your control, you forget momentarily that it's not out of his control. Because we do not like to be out of control. Sure we don't. <laughs> we want to be in control. We want everything to be working perfectly. Life's not like that. So at some point or other, it will seem out of control, and we'll have to say, God, this seems out of control, but you're still in control. And as long as you're in control, then it'll work. It'll work because it's in your hands. Whether it's Joseph in the Old Testament or Joseph in the New Testament, in both of their lives, things seemed out of their control. Can you imagine Joseph's shock when Mary came and told him that she was with child and he knew that it wasn't his? How out of control is that? And then it got worse. She said, it's not even a man. It was the Holy Ghost came upon me. How out of control is that? And he had all that to deal with. No wonder God had to send an angel to the man to convince him that it was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't very nice when people would start to gossip and say, ah, I always thought there was something about that boy. It wasn't very nice when the rumor mill started. It wasn't very nice when they had to go into Egypt and leave their home. Everything seemed out of control, but God was in control. And God had to come to him and show him, I'm in control. Walk with me, obey me, trust me. I'm handling this. And he did. Could be at the moment that part of your life seems out of control. You don't know what to do. How do I handle this? How am I going to get through this? What am I going to do tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? I don't know. But he knows. He knows. And as long as he knows, we're going to be all right. And if that's the only thing we can rest upon, the fact that he knows, that's the best thing. That's whenever our faith and our trust operates. That's whenever we're actually saying to God, I don't understand this, but you do. I feel this is out of control, but it's in your control. God, I don't know where this is, what, why this is happening or where this is leading to, but you know, so I'm going to trust you. And when you do that, it helps you to relax and to depend upon him. A hope and a future Jeremiah said, 
and Jeremiah 1 and Isaiah 49 and Psalm 139, all of those scriptures, those prophets say that God knew me before I was born. If God knew us before we were born, if God planned us before we were born, surely, surely, surely he's planning our future. Hmm? I would dare to say he's already planned it before we were born. Apostle Paul said in Galatians 1.15, he says, He separated me from my mother's womb, and he called me by his grace. <laughs> you see, when that realization comes into your heart that God is in control of my life, then no matter what incidents happen, for good or for bad, God is still in control. And I'm still going to look to him. You see, sometimes it tries us, doesn't it? It tries us. It tries our faith. It tries our trust. Many a person, when the bad hits, they walk away from God. They no longer walk with Him or trust Him. If only they could learn to say, God, I do not understand this, but I still trust you. That's what Job said, isn't it? Job says, I shall then come forth as gold, even if God slays me. I don't understand this, God. Even if you were to slay me, I'm going to trust you, and I'll come forth as gold. <laughs> what an attitude. What an attitude. Your future is in God's hands, and it couldn't be in better hands than God's hands. We looked at the election this week. And I don't know whether your preferred candidate get in or not, or whether you bother to vote or not. I don't know. But sometimes we look at those who are in government and we almost despair. We almost despair that God doesn't despair. And our lives ultimately are not in their hands. They will come and they will go. Some of them dramatically goes, and they're no more. But God is still on his throne. Amen. And no matter what you face today or tomorrow or the next day, God is still on his throne. And he's still planning for your life. So I can say to you confidently this morning, without fear or favor, the best days of your life are ahead of you. The best days of my life are ahead of me. I get up in the morning sometimes and I'm creaking. I'm like a creaking gate. I want to sit down beside Clifford this morning and over and says, you're pretty slow in sitting down there this morning. I says, will you see me getting up? I'll be even slower. <laughs> I'm like a creaking gate at times. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> the inward man is being renewed day by day. <laughs> and one day I'll have a new outer man. <laughs> and I'll not be a creaking gate anymore. <laughs> Glory to God. And not need these old glasses that keep falling down my nose and annoy me. <laughs> what did you say, Mr. Linfield? <laughs> You're slipping down too, are they? You see? <laughs> You've got a smaller nose than I've got. That's why you're slimming down. 
God is in control of your life. Never forget that. Your best days, your very best days are still to come. Either in this life or in eternity. <laughs> Glory to God. Isn't God good? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Blessed be his name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 53, that wonderful chapter, one of the greatest chapters in the Old Testament, isn't it? One of the most messianic. Verses 1 to 2 speaks of the cradle. Verses 3 to 11 speaks of the cross. Verses 12 speaks of the crown. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no former comeliness. And when he see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. There's the cradle, a root out of dry ground. Here's the cross. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised. We did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from judgment and from prison. And who will declare his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Now here's the crown. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. That's his crying. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk. Thank you.